Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games, yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Stein. <laughs> we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Your inner geek's kind of an ass tonight. <laughs> tonight? <laughs> There's an ass tonight. <laughs> Have you seen the ass tonight? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those kind of nights, people. I'll apologize in advance. Never apologize. <laughs> I always apologize. Just who I am. All right. Patreon shout outs. Oh, I love that enthusiasm, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm wiped, so <laughs> back off. So we have some people that are supporting us over on Patreon that uh, are at the shout out level. So Nicole, Nate, Stephanie, Timothy, David, John, and Don. Thank you guys very much. Don's made it through two cycles. Yeah, look at that. You must have forgotten. <laughs> I did. Um, all right. Well, first of all, the people that uh, when we started back up and we're like, yeah, it's great that you two are back on, but when are you going to have Don? Well, first of all, screw you guys. <laughs> give, give us a freaking moment in the sunshine. Come on. <laughs> This is our podcast. He's the guest. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you did, but I did talk to Don at, at Osticon, and he was just like, whenever you guys are ready to have me back. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, but that'll be interesting to try, we'll try to keep to an hour, which is not going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, quarterly. That's why yeah, it's quarterly. Yep. Oh. But no, yeah, so uh, we – well, at least like I said, I, I've talked to Don about it. He is uh, – Definitely interested in coming back. He just wanted to uh, make sure that we we were comfortable with it and had our flow going, and I think we're getting there. So uh, hopefully in the near future-ish. I was talking with Nate, uh, mm. m- marginally related, after <laughs> Osticon, and he said that he's willing to come down to do some mm-hmm. playing if we have something mm-hmm. that we need a third for. There you go. Or more. That can happen. Yeah. Yeah. But I told him, we got a house rule. You play. You talk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So, we got that. Uh, I don't think I've talked to anybody else about coming on. No, me neither. <laughs> Speaking of talking to people, I did talk to Toby uh, from the recruits. So, we sat down and talked for about an hour. Cool. Again, so thank you for those people that are supporting us on Patreon. And, of course, there are other people supporting us as well that are not at the shout-out level, and we appreciate all of you as well. Uh, and, of course, if you are uh, looking to support us, you can do that over on Patreon as well. It's in the show notes and on the website. It's, I think it's just patreon.com slash allisgeeks 
if I remember right. I can't remember if they put anything in between, but the links are out there. Also, thank you, Nicole, for uh, pimping our Patreon on Facebook. <laughs> When when uh, I I was I surprised there. when I saw that cross. <laughs> I like, wow, it's I, I I try not to hard sell on any of that stuff, but it's it's cool. It's nice when people that are are, are uh, patreons and stuff do that. Validation, validation from one person. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Matthew Matthew's glowing review of it's it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, hey, I finally listened to one, and it was <laughs> it was pretty good. Thanks. All right. Can we get I, that on YouTube? <laughs> I mean, on uh, on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at it's like, um, what was it? It's been a long time. Oh, I think I, because I, when we were talking that before, I, I had looked and I think it was like. I think it was Courtney. Yeah. was the last one we had in yeah. like 2015 or 16. 15, yeah, yeah. I was going to say 15. Yeah. So th- thanks, Courtney. Years ago <laughs> for doing time that for us. For your ears. <laughs> Uh, I don't really have anything else for general. Do you? Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we hit the game review? Nothing appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, you already know I've gotten out all my inappropriateness before we started. So on we go. <laughs> I know you. There is no bottom to that well. <laughs> there is when the mics are on. Game reviews. Two in a row of yeah. two games. Check that out. And, and. This is our, uh, I think, is this our first mix? I know we did like an all digital yes, one. we've so. never done a digital physical. Yeah, so we're going to review a, a physical copy of a game, and then we're going to review the digital app version of a game. That sounds like a Reddit, a subreddit category <laughs> that maybe is is going to fall into that inappropriate. We've never done a, a physical digital before. <laughs> no. All right, so uh, we're going to start with the uh, physical game. And we're going to uh, wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe not. Let's go. All right. So we're going to take a look at Tiny Towns uh, that is currently put out by AEG. Signed by Peter McPherson. Yep. McPherson. McPherson. However, uh, hopefully got it right. I'm I'm horrible with I say fear. Yeah, that's what I I thought when I first saw it, too. Uh, So, yeah, Tiny Towns. We're going to have Jordan take it away because this is is his game that he brought to the table. It did. I brought the game to the table. (laughs) I brought the game to the table because it has tiny, pretty cubes. So this is going to be start of a new series of Jordan playing animal games. There. (laughs) Okay. You have made the commitment to a raccoon tycoon then. I'll play it. Buy it. No, you got to buy it. I don't have to buy it. Oh, you do. (laughs) With the expansion. (laughs) For more fat cat railroads. Okay. I deny the existence of animals in this game because (laughs) the artwork is small and only takes place on one page. To my mind, they're just small people because it's a tiny town. For animals. There are no animals in this game. (laughs) None. Yes, so as mentioned, it's Tiny Towns by Ultrahawk Entertainment, and it's a game of designing tiny towns with tiny cubes. It's not really city management or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's not city planning, I should say. It's 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 nothing really deep. It is a bit of a drafting game. No, mm-hmm. not really. Mm-hmm. A little bit, but only in one <laughs> only in one of the mechanics. It is um 
it's essentially Tetris. It's building a town. It's, a, it's an abstract. Through Tetris. Yeah. There's going to be an array of cards and potentially a monument that is secret to each player. And you're going to try to build the, uh, your best town possible with these seven buildings that, that everybody's going to get to build from and your monument. Your town is a four by four grid and each, and this is where it gets kind of Tetrisy. Each building has a shape and color of cube combinations. For instance, a farm is a square and it's two yellow and two brown, whereas a factory is an L with two red, two, two light brown and a dark brown. So at the start of each round, the master builder who has the wonderful but <laughs> slightly overproduced master builder hammer uh, calls out a color. This is kind of where it's drafty because uh, the first player calls out a color. Everybody draws that color, puts it down on their mat somewhere, either in mind of building their monument or building one of the buildings that's out in the array. Once everybody's put down their cube, anybody that has completed a building based on the shapes required in the uh, cards in the array, completes their building, pulls off their cubes, puts the building in a space where one of those cubes had been, and then first player token, the master builder's hammer, moves to the next player, who then calls a cube. Everybody has to work with that color. And it goes around and around and around until uh, the last player is done. Do you want to go into how the game ends or save that for mechanics? No, you can talk about Okay, so it goes around and around until the game ends. And the game does not end at the same time for each player. Mm -hmm. uh, the game will end for an individual player when their board is full, either full of buildings or a combination of buildings and tokens that they cannot turn into buildings. Cubes, I should say, that they cannot turn into buildings. At that point, that player is out, and then they tally up their score. So that's not necessarily going to happen for everybody, depending on how well they're doing. And at all the times that I've played this, it's generally a quick decline after that. But it's rare that I've found that, you know, two people are going to go at the same time. Certainly not everybody in the same round. And then at that point, you tally up your score based on the scoring bonuses on your uh, monument, if there are any. And then whatever scoring you might have achieved for the seven basic cards in the array. High score wins. All right, so uh, components for tiny towns is, uh, I mean, we, we've got uh, cards. We've got a bunch of wood tokens for various, that represent various things. And we've got uh, everybody's player board, uh, which again is is the, you know, punch board mm -hmm. quality and anything else um, besides a rule book. Small deck of cards, yep. uh, building tokens, and Technically, they are resources. They all mm -hmm. have names, but I just call them by color. They're cubes. Yep. And the hammer, you left out the hammer. So, no, it's <laughs> well, essentially... I said, I said wood tokens. I just covered everything in one. It's special, though. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so, no, that's about it. Bunch of wood, bunch of cardboard. Yep. So, and you've played it, obviously, more than I have. But from the plays that we got in, I mean, it seems like decent quality and everything. I didn't see anything that was like peeling or chipping or anything like that, that I could see. Well, you know, the cards are a bit glossy, so unsleeved, those will probably get, you know, deglossed eventually. Yeah. You know, but uh, I don't see any worries about 
chipping and they're not thin enough that they're going to right. bend. Uh, or, and it, it's nice that they, I mean, they ended up going with like the, the wood tokens for everything versus trying to make like that chipboard tokens or something like that yeah. where, cause there's so much, there's so much back, back and, and forth. forth it's it. easier yep. to grab the, yeah. So I think, uh, uh, component wise, uh, tiny towns is pretty good. And, and it, uh, they did a good job with, with, uh, what they used overall, I think everything represents fairly well. The like the matching of the tokens to the cards, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. There's um seven cards in the array. There are, the one that is always standard is the cottage. The other six categories have multiple cards each, but it's still the same token. So it's not it's not token overload. Oh, we're using the alms house. I have to have this out. It's each type of of building has multiple cards. Mm-hmm. So no matter what the array ends up being, you still only need just, you're still using all the tokens. You're not mm-hmm. having to sort right. it. Yep. So, yeah, so that all worked out really well. So I guess we'll talk about uh, the mechanics for tiny towns and how we feel those kind of came together. So you kind of uh, mentioned I said bidding, but some I drafting, drafting. Yeah. some drafting. Like I said, I, I kind of go to the, how it's, it's definitely an abstract game, you know, with a, a theme put on it. This is, well, that's, that's for later. So the, the mechanics, the mechanics for tiny towns, I think works pretty good for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think in playing it for the most part, I was good with it. I think the only thing that I'm not sure on, from what I understand, there's like a, a resource deck that you can use as well. Yes. That's the part that I'm a little iffy about is, is not the deck, but the, how much you have to rely on what other people call. Well, the resource deck is, it's more randomness than the core, the core game, but there's still one choice. So like the resource deck, you shuffle it all up, you take off, not sure if it's a variable number by the players or just a set number. And then it's random, random player choice, random, random player choice. So instead of every round a player getting to choose something, it's every three rounds a player chooses something. Okay. The other two are random. This does not appeal to me at all. This is still fairly random because for the most part, you're paying more attention to what you're building than what trying to prevent somebody else from building. So you're really just concentrating That's on your- That's I screwed up. <laughs> So you really are just trying to concentrate on on your own table. So you end up providing randomness for the other people. Mm-hmm. But the other one with the full-on randomness and then another layer of randomness for everybody else except for the person calling the color. It sounds like it's the same thing done differently, <laughs> but the mechanics of it seem really unenjoyable to me. So okay. I've, I've never actually played it that way. Just reading that section of the book, I was like – no, I never want to do that. That's kind of interesting. I know a couple of people that's like the only way they'll play. Really? Yeah. But just, just that piece in general is like, I mean, okay. So the mechanics work well as, as is, but it's just, there's something about having to build this abstract thing, but with all random parts kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, there's, it's, it's, you can try to plan. And when you first start out, it's a lot easier to do that. Cause you got a lot more board, which is, part of the appeal right your mm-hmm. your board is shrinking as you go along but and it's shrinking because of your success hopefully right yeah but there's just there's just something slightly off to me like i i enjoy the game but there's something just slightly off to me about how much randomness is involved in it that bothers like there's you're 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 trying to super plan your mini board with 
a massive amount of randomness around See, you. I <laughs> I understand what you're saying. It it doesn't bother me, but it certainly came like a punch in the face mm-hmm. that that second game we played where I broke out my monument early, mm-hmm. but it got me a seven point bonus, but I could no longer be the master builder. And then only about a third of the way through the game, I never got to call another color. Mm-hmm. And you guys didn't need to gang up on me. You just had to play your own boards. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was it. I, I never got to call another color and I realized that's not one you want to complete early. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Cause, cause even, even though you only have like in a four player game control of what's drawn every four turns, you still at least have control that one well, turn. And again, you, uh, you got that that massive seven point monument, and I still finished with six points. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so <laughs> math. <laughs> that was not a good game for it you. Was not a good game. <laughs> uh, but again, I I think how the game plays and the mechanics of the game, I I do think it all works really well together, and and I I do en- enjoy what it what it does and and having like you said that that tetris feel i don't know did we really did we kind of talk about that piece about you know i I went over it a little bit i figured we'd do more detail here sure so each building has a shape that you have to get into your into your grid so when the build when the game starts you've got this four by four grid everything's open you're just doing high level i want to make sure i have something in the corner because i only need one or, you know, down the edge because it's, you know, whatever. You're just doing some high-level planning. So, for instance, the cottage, though, which is out there for everybody, uh, every game, it's a small L, and it's uh, yellow, a blue, and a red. Yellow on one side, the blue in the corner, the red on the other side to make the L. Now, it doesn't matter whether that L is going left to right, right to left, top or bottom, you know, it's mm-hmm. like Tetris. You just spin it until it fits. That's where the Tetris angle is. It just has to be those three colors in that order. And here in, in the book, they got the factory, which is the bigger L, red, tan, tan, red, brown. Uh, so again, doesn't matter what shape, though. Well, duh. No. It doesn't matter the <laughs> positioning of that shape as long as the colors are good and you can fit it onto your board. So early on, the factory, you can fit that in because but it's going to take up one whole side because it's four. After you've completed the building, you can put it anywhere in the case of the factory that one of, one of the cube, one of those five cubes were at. So you open up four other cubes for the squares. You lose one because you put your building there so that you, you've lost some space. You've lost some building space. You now have to plan around that. Is that where you're mm-hmm. going to put your cod- a cottage? Cause you have to build an L, a small L. Or, or is that where you're going to try for a well? Cause it's only two things, you know, two, uh, two cubes, I should say. So the testersy aspect of it, yeah, is how you're building your city. But the, the concept of that is abstract, but the building your city is very concrete. You know, <laughs> um, it's in theory, you're doing some city planning, but in the end, you're trying to make sure you maximize your, your, your building use. Mm-hmm. And so you got a Tetris to get to, the most optimum use of your 16 squares. Yep. And depending on what buildings are out too, I mean, you're not only doing the Tetris, but some buildings have uh, they, dependencies they upon each other. Yep. Or, yep. So you're, you're kind of 
looking at, at both sides of that, it's like I, I, I can put this building out, but in order for me to actually score it, it has to be by X or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you got to also look for space for that and, and make sure that comes out. Or it might be, you know, again, what is it, the like the farm or something, or was it that like anything that's basically touching it? Which one was that? The cottage. No, that's not the cottage. It's the farm provides, feeds four cottages anywhere. Anywhere. But one of the other food producers is everything touching, everything it touching it. Yeah. Yeah. Or that can trace back to it or something yeah. like that. It was. So, I mean, those are the kind of things you're planning for. And of course, like. Because that, the cottage, the cottage will never score if it's not fed. If it's not fed. Right. right. And then so, you know, again, you're, you want as many points as you can get out of whatever you started building. But your, you know, again, your four by four grid is getting very, very tight as the game goes on, and you you can't opt to like not place a cube. I mean, if you yes, if you get a cube, you put it on your board somewhere, and you get a cube every every turn. So, well, that's one of the optional rules that I don't. I also don't like. They call it a cavern, mm-hmm. and twice during the game, you can take a called cube and just stick it in a cave. You don't get to use it. It doesn't count as negative scoring. It's not positive scoring. It's just out of the game, and you can do that twice. It makes it a little easier to me, mm-hmm. and I don't think the game is. I mean, there's there's good decision points, but it's not you know, right. it's not a no, grinder. I don't think a, it's needed in the game. Yeah, one of the things you you mentioned too is one of the things I know I've heard some other people not not complain about, but just um, can potentially slow down the game, and and that's playing with people that have a hard time visualizing the turning of the shapes yes, kind of thing. So that, that's something to think about if you're looking at this game as, as well and you know the people you'll be playing with. I don't think it slows it down drastically, though. I mean, it's just like when, when I don't know, at least when we were playing, I mean, they, it was probably slowed down more about people not wanting to put cubes down somewhere knowing they had to versus yep. what the shapes were going to be. It, it gets to that point pretty <laughs> quick. <laughs> Yeah, but that is again something to keep in mind. So again, overall, I think the the me- mechanics work really well. And as uh, Jordan has has said and shown, there are some variants. If you want to mix up what we've been talking about, is the way we played it. There's some variants in the box that you can kind of use. And there's a a solo variant which also uses the draft tiles. And again, this is not a game that I would ever want to play solo. Yeah. So I've never because it's just <laughs> trying to beat your own square. So I didn't talk about that. <laughs> so yeah there we go rules for tiny towns so what did you think of the rules the rules are pretty pretty good it is it's our theme for the month it is an <laughs> eight page rule book Woo. apparently we need to change our name to only the eight page rule book <laughs> podcast and page one the front cover is two-thirds art one-third a welcome message uh, or I should say two-thirds art, and then the last third is a welcome message, an indication of the objective and contents. The last page is rules clarifications <laughs> and the standard AEG blurb on we're AEG and this was the design team. So it is really only about five pages. And in those five pages, there's lots of blow-up of cards there's good table layouts. Uh, there's no wall of text. Even without my glasses, this is easily read. 
there's good use of mixing text and images. Do we need to add that as a, to our rubric, the, the old man to. passing test? I'm going to because <laughs> Mike and Roch just picked up the second – just received the second edition of Pathfinder Adventures. Mm-hmm. And that's not a game I can even play without my glasses now. They redesigned their cards to make them more visually appealing. But the text is just so freaking small. He showed me the card and I'm like, no, you just read that to me. because We can't play this today. I was not prepared for this. I did not bring my glasses. <laughs> so for me, yeah, it's a valid metric. But- I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> Starting on page one, it gives you the setup, talks to you about your resources, what the cards do, your monuments. And page four is round overview. Uh, and page five is getting to the end of the game. So it's really about, if you took out all the examples, two pages. Uh, but there's lots of good examples. There's a good scoring example. And then it's got additional rules, uh, variant rules. And then two pages essentially of building and monument clarifications. I think it's sad that it got all the way through playtesting and first level of copywriting, and then they discovered things that needed to be fixed, (laughs) but at least they're in the book. But that's becoming more common. It's like a zero-day patch on the Xbox. Game's (laughs) out. Now download 50 more gigs. Uh, So it's overall an eight-page rule book, and I think it's really well done. It gets you from start to end with uh little fuss little muss gets you right in there tells you everything you need to go and lets you go do it yeah and i think um if i remember right i think a couple of questions came up when we were playing with megan and sarah but i don't think i mean it wasn't like anything we couldn't figure out quickly or or that you were able you know you were able to look it up real quick and and find the answer or something like that so yeah mostly it's, it's um all the times i've played it it's just looking at essentially at the last two pages for for clarifications for to see if we're making, if we're reading the card right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a good, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, you, if you're interested in this game, you've probably seen it, but it's, it's a decent sized box. So it's a decent sized rule book too. It's not, you know, it's it, like you said, with all the images, I mean, they, they gave themselves plenty of room to kind of put that stuff in there and still mm-hmm. get through what the actual rules are. So teachability for tiny towns. So from your perspective, I mean, I know you've taught it quite a bit. You, you taught it to me, you and I played uh, two player. Yeah, it always is. Uh, And then you taught it to Megan and then my refresher when we all got together and played it. So what what do you think overall the, on teaching the game? I think it's a fairly easy game to teach. Most people, have Tetris as a referent. And I don't necessarily think that that's, I don't know if that that's a fair comparison because it's a little bit more than that, or it's sufficiently different that it's not just Tetris. But once you show them the cards and say Tetris on a four by four grid, they get it. And then really all you're doing at that point is going over the turn order, which is really simple, call, place, build. And, um, Going over the, the card clarifications if needed. I think teachability is, uh, it's pretty high or it's, it's very easy. Yeah. I don't remember any real issues when we were, I mean, it's, it's pretty, especially once you get into it, it's pretty straightforward what you're doing. Um, and it goes really quick. So then it's, there's not a lot of what, what do I do again kind of thing. It's it, again, the, the, any, any kind of time spent is always around what I want to build. 
mm-hmm. and and what it's going to get me versus what I'm doing and if I'm doing it right. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, so, so, yep. um, so I think on the side of, of being taught the game, uh, I think it went really smoothly and I think it, it works really well and, and you kind of get into it right away. Cause there's the, again, once you, you see the, the cards that are out and you understand what those are and you understand that you're building the shapes. Uh, and again, Hey, it's, it's, there's pretty much Tetris shapes, like you said, and that you're going to, I think the biggest thing would be, um, once you see it, and again, the, you see it the first time and you're like, okay, got it. It's the fact of where you're going to place your building after you make the shape. And it's like anywhere along the shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it makes sense. But I think seeing it that first time kind of helps a little bit. Yeah. Beyond that, I again, it's like, hey, everybody gets a tan cube. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now you get to pick the color of the cube. You know, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's dead simple in that aspect. So I mm-hmm. think it is very uh, teachable game. All right. So Tiny Towns, we're going to go into uh, replayability and how many times in a row would we play it? Well, we know at least twice, right? Didn't we play it like back to back that mm-hmm. night? Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> so um, replayability. Uh, I think in general, replayability is pretty high. There's enough options that you should never see the same array of cards twice in a row. <laughs> uh, you'll eventually see them because there's only like yeah, not, 24 not, cards. Yeah, it's not a huge amount of cards, but again, the how they come out and mm-hmm. and 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 uh, what you'll use together. Yeah, there's there's a, a enough combinations that there's it, enough combinations. It doesn't feel stale. Right yeah, away. that's not going to make it feel stale. And the way the way people draft is going to push that along too. So I think it's well well designed with replayability in mind, and it, I I don't mind playing the game, so I don't mind playing it multiple times. And yeah, I I've played it three times in a row at once, so I will at least go three times because mm-hmm. the biggest selling point uh, combined as a game this simple is that it goes fast. Mm-hmm. You can do three times in a row, probably if everybody's experienced and you don't have to teach it in an hour. It just goes. Yeah, re- resetting for another game is really it's not much it's of anything. It's literally just wiping your deck, Wipe, wiping your table. And, and shuffling, reshuffle yep. up the cards, yeah, and your monu- monuments. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And, I mean, um, I think if we wouldn't have had other games that we wanted to play that night, that we probably would have played this a few more times. I know Megan really enjoyed it, and it uh, seems like Sarah enjoys mm-hmm. it. And I I enjoy it even if I suck at it. <laughs> well, games but, I like versus games I'm good at. Are, yeah, that's a very that's, big separation in the Venn diagram. Yeah, <laughs> there's a you can walk through, you can walk between them. So yeah, I, I think the replayability is pretty high. Like so, we at least I know that night we played it twice. Um, I think three, four, probably pretty easy. I mean, I've had this for less than a month. I bought it at Osticon. We're still in May technically, and like my BGG plays are like at seven or eight. So for for less than a month. Yes. So uh, definitely, yeah, I think the replayability is high. Um, okay. So the theme for Tiny Towns. So what do you think of the animals? I, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, Jeff. You need to get that prescription on your glasses checked. I mean, there is truth to that. but <laughs> uh, The theme is it's a little wishy-washy. So I'll admit there are animals on the <laughs> – in the in the one piece of art, and they're not seen anywhere else in the game. Um, I think you need to look at some of those things a little closer. <laughs> I uh, maybe, but I I just 
I don't see it. I mean, whatever. You're building a town. You have town-shaped buildings. You're doing it in a Tetrisy way that is not really relevant to what you're doing beyond the fact that it's your mechanic to get to get from the draft to the building. The theme is enjoyable. It is a little bit more than pasted on, I think, but this is one of those ones where we can look at it and go, did they come up with object placement before the desire to make it into a town building game? Or did they have a town building game idea that they wanted to mold around Tetris to get you to placing objects? I think it could go either way on that. I don't really want to know, Mr. McPherson, because it's <laughs> a game I enjoy. I just think that it's it's theme neutral. It mm-hmm. you're you're putting buildings on a board, which is what the name of the game is, so it fits. But I think it could equally be many other things with the same core mechanics. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the the theme could be pretty much anything ish. But yeah, that, I mean, that isn't. The the theme isn't what draws me to the game, I guess. No, that, it's totally mechanics for me. Yeah, it's all about the mechanics, and it's all about it being such a nice, quick game that as we can get together, that we know everybody will enjoy and, and playing because we, you know, we've brought it to the table, and everybody has said as much. So it, it, it's more on on that to me the fact that it's it's something that is quick, and now we've got you know a handful of games that we know are quick and that everybody enjoys. Mm-hmm. But where's the enjoyment coming from is kind of what we're trying to get at a little bit here. And, and um, again, it's, it's a game that I'm not great at. I generally am, again, abstracts or, or whatever, but it works in this aspect. And I think part of it is the quickness for me. If, if this would drag on a little bit longer, I think I would see kind of a, a downward slide of, of my enjoyment of it. But the fact, and, and again, it's, it's, which is weird, right? Cause I say, Oh, I'll play it three or four times in a row. But if you, if, but if you make that one but game last fu- those four, <laughs> if it's five by five now instead of four by four, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. If there's, if there was just one or two changes that stretch this out from like a 15 minute game to a half hour game then it definitely drops down in replayability. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, is kind of interesting, right? Because like I said, I was like, oh, I'll play it three or four times in a row, but don't make that one game last for that four worth of four because then I'm out. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting, kind of weird. But I do like, I, I guess I, I, I like the various things overall, even though, um, like I said, I, 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 some of the randomness is whatever for me. Uh, but the, the trying to plan out, even if you plan it out horribly, <laughs> trying to plan out your town and like, okay, well, I need to make this shape here and I still want to get something of that shape. And of course, and, and, and the thing is, and, and I know we've, we've kind of said it, but I, or we've said it, but we've kind of gone o- like over the top of it a little bit. And you, and you did give it in your examples, but you're, you're not just worried about a shape, but it's the shape and the proper colors, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing. So it, like I said, when you're, board starts shrinking it gets really tricky and i'm horrible at it but i love trying to get better at it i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> so all right. i've said the same line every game i've played because it's true every game i play invariably once i'm through the outer ring and i have to concentrate only on the inner <laughs> ring within two turns i always say the same thing shit 
I've made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I have said that. If my BGGs are at eight, I have said that at least eight times. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm right there with you. There's, I, I've always made horrible, horrible mistakes. Oh, and I don't know if we, if we mentioned, I mean, um, cause again, how one of the ways you got from seven to six is cause if you have cubes on the board, oh, yes. you lose points if you have cubes that you weren't able to turn into buildings. So that, that's kind of where that came from. Or you just really didn't look at that one card. That one again. That's a horrible card. The almshouse people, beware. Because <laughs> the first time I played that, I I didn't read the book. Because I've never actually seen a sliding score that where every other score is negative. <laughs> so it's just, if you have one, you get this. Card. If you have two, I, I just expect <laughs> it always to go up. If you have six, you, ding, 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 you win, you know, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So sadly, in this game, I discovered that I shouldn't forfeit my ability to to choose the color in the first three turns. <laughs> I read the whole card because I got myself up to a big negative on, <laughs> on the alms house. And then because I never got to pick another color again, uh, of my 16 squares, I had, Oh, I don't know, 10 of them <laughs> with just empty cubes. So of my monument that got me seven and the few buildings I did complete and meet all the requirements for, after all the negatives, I was still at only six points. So there's, it rewards you to think better than I did. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, fun factor slash overall for, uh, tiny towns. So it is a fun, it's a fun game. It's a quick game. Uh, it is, I think it falls into a pretty good casual game. Mm -hmm. Um, so. Again, all of those things, plus the fact that, you know, it's, it's something I know Megan really likes. I, I really think this is, is a fun game, despite a, a few things here or there that kind of are just kind of like just on the outside of making me want to not like certain things. Uh, but I think there's enough enjoyable that, that it completely overrides that. And I definitely, um, may have to pick this up for our house as much as Megan enjoys it and at, at the fun I had playing it as well. So it might be something that we might have to purchase in the future. I agree. There's, like I said earlier, you're just kind of build your own thing. But every now and then when you try red and you hear somebody go, bastard, you know, <laughs> you, you get that. And anytime that you can elicit a negative response from somebody, that's a plus. <laughs> that's a plus. We're horrible uh, people. We are. <laughs> Honestly, it's a podcast by horrible people. Uh, it, it's fun because it's fast. It's to the point and there's enough social interaction chirping about shitty color choices or <laughs> how I've just messed up my board or something. I think it's a very fun game and overall it's a game I'm glad I purchased and that I've already gotten to my mind, my money's worth in a month. All right, so there you go. There is our review for Tiny Towns from AEG. With no animals. With all. lots of animals. All right, so now we're going to take a look at uh, Shards of Infinity. But again, we're going to be looking at the app slash digital version of it, not the actual card game. For Android. For Android, yes. We, we're playing it on Android. So uh, Shards of Infinity was originally produced by Stoneblade Entertainment as the card game. It was their uh, follow-up to Ascension. But uh, Temple Gates Games, who we've worked with before, they sent us the review copies of the digital roll for the – or 
Race for the Race Galaxy, for the galaxy. not the role. The role version still hasn't come. It's, it's coming out, I think, soon. Oh, cool. So they sent us codes for Shards of Infinity for us to take a look at and see if it was something that we would uh, be interested in. So, again, for a digital version, we're probably – we're going to kind of lightly go over some of the things that we usually go over, but we're mostly looking at this from the, the digital aspect. But we will kind of tell you what we think of you know the game in general and stuff like that. But we're not going to completely go through our normal rubric, you know, like, components obviously we didn't have any it was just what was on the on the temple or on the uh, tablet or phone i don't know how you played it tab okay all right so shards of infinity uh again is their uh follow-up for ascension um it's another deck builder and in this one basically you have a character uh, that you know, you, basically your avatar. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you'll be used to in, in you know these style of games or like Magic or something like that. But your avatar, every avatar has fifty health. I, I believe. believe so. Yes. Uh, yeah. So it's fifty health, and you're trying to basically knock your opponents down to zero. But and you do that by recruiting cards and and uh, doing certain attacks and stuff with those cards uh, that allow you to attack. So you have things like. Uh, gems are your resource. Mm-hmm. So the cards that have gems on them, you use those gems to buy other cards. You have power token or power icon, which is your attack. Uh, so again, you know, you get five power, then you're attacking with five. Uh, you have uh, what they call mastery, which is something we'll get into, but I think is kind of cool. Uh, but the mastery is, is, is basically, again, something else you're accumulating and it helps you uh, with your cards. We'll just leave it at that for right now and come back to it. Uh, and then, of course, we, we talked about the health. So every every uh, player starts with 50 health. You can't go over 50. I don't think I ever had anything. I wouldn't so know. 50, I never. <laughs> never got, really? Okay. You can't go over 50. 50 is your max. So okay. it's, it's your max. So let's see. The content is, uh, so there's four different characters that you can potentially be. That's, at least in the digital version, that's randomized. Yep. There's 128 cards in the the deck that you're uh, buying your cards from. So um, everybody starts with the same base set of cards. Mm-hmm. Again, pretty standard deck builder. So everybody's starting with the exact same cards. This is the um, it's not it's not Dominion style where there's so many cards out, but it is Ascension or Star Star Realms style where you have X number that you can buy. Uh, at a time that are out and yep. available for you. Those fill in right away too, right? You, uh, on this one, you buy it and another one flips yep. up right away. Man. Unless you just quick quick buy it or whatever they call it. Yeah. 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 So again, I mean, quick play. Uh, quick play. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, that's we're, we're looking at the digital version, but you, uh, you accumulate, I forget, what is it, like three or four different factions I believe there's four. Yeah, there's three or four different factions of cards that you're grabbing, and each faction has kind of a specialty that it kind of deals with. You know, uh, I forget what it, they're called—the overgrowth or the, um, the there's the the green that is mostly or kind of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the order, which mm-hmm. is the blue cards, which they really key off of kind of balance, kind of yeah. having a little bit of everything in your deck. There's the what are the red ones? <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. I know. Anyway, so there's there's, there's, there's I, I should have played a game. The, we should have taken a break to just play, play a the game, game really quick. quick. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's the, the different factions. Um, there's one faction that helps you call 
That's the it basically the the only call in this game is from that faction. So if you're if you're looking to thin your deck out of some of the the early starting cards, that's a faction you want at least some of them in in so that you know when it comes up you'll get rid of a few cards. And then there's the um the wraith. That that's the faction that calls. The undergrowth is the healing one, the order we talked about. It's the uh Hamadius. Yeah. That's the like they're not red but yellow. Yellow. Um and they're mostly camera they I mean they're they're mostly the bots I know but yeah. what was their I I don't know. I think some some of it I was never, draw. They they are what I recall was they're a bit of a draw engine because those I only bought like over all the games I played two or three of their cards cuz they never came out like consistently. I was like okay I'll I'll get a random draw cuz at least it's a draw. And then you also have a difference between like there's your like I think they call them allies, um, which are champions. Well, uh, there's champions, and then there's, so the allies are your main deck. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then but then you also have champions that you kind. Of, so any 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 of the allies you basically play and discard. Yeah, the champions you play and they stay out and they potentially either um, soak hits, either soak hits, um, maybe. Yeah. Um, or they just, as long as they're out, they continue to give you some kind of mm-hmm. ability. It might be extra money or extra, extra attack power, or whatever. Yeah. Or uh, you get a free you know, or free champion or cost off a of chase, something. Um, they'll give you an ability as long as they stay out in, in your area. So again, build your deck. Try to knock your opponents down from 50 to zero and be the last person standing. So that's the, the gist of how to play the game. It's, and again, standard standard card or tcg or whatever or i mean sorry deck builder so you know have a a hand have hand of five cards that you start with you're going to play all of your cards you're going to discard whatever at the end that you haven't used and you're draw back up to five all right so um let's well i i guess we can talk about the mechanics although i think maybe we did this as the interface though right yeah so maybe maybe first we I mean but still we we're going to talk about the interface but I think we should talk I mean a little bit about the game too cuz the the last time I mean we kind of talked about games that we had talked about before. We've never talked That's really true. about shards. That's true. Um so I mean I don't want it to be a full blown review cuz you know we we don't have the physical version uh, obviously we can't do some of that stuff but um one of the things we did talk about last time though on interface was tutorial wise so I think we can talk about that maybe in place of the components right now. So what did you, th- did you go, th- you went through this tutorial. I tutorials. went through the tutorial okay. and it was okay. I think it was lacking something. It takes you through the three, three types of cards that you're going to do. Gives you a little bit of economy tutorial, a combat tutorial, and then just a now do it quick one time. Mm-hmm. But there's no... It's evident what you're doing because you're doing a tutorial on how to use your gems to buy things. You're doing a tutorial on how to use your power to attack things. And then you're doing a tutorial to put both pieces together and see some extra mechanics. But each phase could have used a preface or some, to my mind anyways, to let you know what you were doing and why. You know, I, I, I agree with you. In fact, I was coming into this wondering if, you were going to say basically that same kind of thing. Cause I, I thought that as well. I was like, okay, I, you're, you're giving me the basics. I get that. It's especially coming in from not playing shards, like not playing the physical side of shards, yes. right? This is, we're coming at the digital is our first look at this game for us. And I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, okay, I, I mean, it, it does what it, I don't know what kind of fluff is in the physical game. 
And if you're familiar with the physical game, then obviously this tutorial doesn't need that. But since I've not played the physical game, and this is my first dabbling with the game in any format, some kind of fluff or some kind of, uh, even if it's not fluff, but just some, some kind of explanation of what the purpose of this piece of the tutorial is would have been nice. Yeah, I actually went as far as, um, it, so one of the things it does include is like a little, you know, button that you can push it and it, you have a PDF copy of the rules. Mm-hmm. I went as far as doing that. Yes. Cause again, I just, there was just something and, and I'm with you. I mean, I can't 100% put my, my, my finger on it, but as I was going through it, it was like, there's, there's something missing out of this. And, and I kept kind of going back to, they did such a good, job with races tutorial mm-hmm. that I was like, well, what's missing Yep, like that I enjoyed. And, and I thought they did a really good job with, with the race for the galaxy tutorial that what's missing here. So I, yeah, I'm right there with you. And like I said, I, I just went, okay, I'm going to pull up that PDF and, and hit that button and start read kind of through there. And then just started doing some trial by error and regular games. And it's like, I get what's going on. Now, now let me see it more in action. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, Mechanics again. I mean, we we talked about, or I, I explained. I mean, it's deck builder, drop your opponent from fifty to zero, kind of thing. But there are some things that they do that I thought we could talk about. That I things that I there are certain things I wasn't sure about at first, but then as I kind of gone along, I really kind of liked them. And I don't know if you had some of, some of that kind of stuff too, or if there's something that you want to point out. So, for instance, one of the things I really like you kind of talked about the quick play on mercenaries. Yes. I liked that, that I could still do something with my money, but not build out my bloat. deck more. Yeah, bloat yep. my deck even more. So I did enjoy that. I thought, it, so at first. Because culling is pretty rare. Yeah, culling is rare. Like I said, it's the one faction, and it's only, even that, it's certain cards. And it's not cards. even a basic faction ability. It's right. only some cards. Yeah. yeah, it's only certain cards. So that's kind of cool. And, and yeah, and, and if they come up, I think... Maybe one or two of those could actually be mercenaries. So every faction has mercenaries. Let's start there. So every faction has mercenaries in them, and they're they're symbolized by like a red border. Um, so when those cards are up for purchase, you can either purchase them and put them in your deck as normal. So then it would go in your discard pile, and you wait and shuffle and get it back. You know that kind of thing. Standard standard deck builder there. Or um, if you don't want to put it in your deck. Uh, you and you've got the money to kind of still pay for it, but you don't want it in your deck. You can hire a mercenary, basically. So you get this quick play action where you basically get the ability you right away. So you, it it plays into your hand like right now, but you don't get to keep the card. So again, if, once it's proc, it just goes back into the array of available cards. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was uh, an interesting mechanic that I liked, and and again helped with. All right, I've got some money left over or whatever. I don't want this other card in my deck, but you know that ability. I could use that one time, real quick, and just put the money there instead of throwing it all away. So I did enjoy that. I like the champions. Okay, more than I thought I would. The first time I got one out, I looked at it and I was like, okay, it didn't twig to me right away that I'd be able to have multiple champions. Once I realized I could. You can get some good synergies going there. If you got champions from different factions and you're building kind of a rainbow deck, you know, you can get because undergrowth just keys off undergrowth, but some of their stuff will benefit what you have in play, mm-hmm. you know, and the order generally is, um, that really only procs on itself, but, or at least the champion I had. And I don't know how many champions there are available or if it's just 
the same ones. I, I didn't pay that much attention. Right. But you can get some good synergies going in terms of growing, especially tying in with some of the mastery stuff, you know, bumping up or mm-hmm. buffing up the, the core ability of your cards, turning one damage into four damage or, or one gem into, you know, three gems, you know, with some of these champion abilities that let you do things to buff your own cards or your mastery level to to then buff your cards. So I, I like the champion concept. It's a better implementation of Planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I could say. So for the longest time, and I was doing well, so I just kept doing it. It was just like I, I ignored champions altogether for, for a long time. But I, I did get a few, and once I started kind of maybe focusing on them, I, I did kind of enjoy that as well. The, the one thing I think is kind of interesting is that like in in there's a, a lot of games where something like that would be an auto soak like an auto buffer mm-hmm. like you can't attack me you have to go I have through cham- my champions I, I got the meat shields yeah yeah but in shards you always have the option to bypass them yep the 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 issue potentially with bypassing them is they still get that ability if they live through yep. it and there were a couple times like so. It's kind of funny. Like there was a lot of times, like I wasn't really concerned about champions on my side, and I was doing pretty good. But I was concerned about, especially the attack version of champions. It's like, okay, well, he's hitting me for like thirteen plus or whatever. Yeah, it's like that champion's got to go because that's a big piece of it. That's from the interface side. That's like we talked about race. It happens all very fast, Mm -hmm. but since it's not really a a punchy in the face game that doesn't matter. Uh, but with this, when you see it's like, uh, gems going up one, two, 10, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then power going up one, two, three, 15. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. suddenly you get a very quick reminder that it's going to be a hard, hard turn. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I did, I do like the mastery. I thought it was, I thought it was cool to have. Basically the upgrades for the cards on the cards themselves, based off of your mastery. Yes. I thought that was a really cool mechanic. Um, and I thought, that, I mean, that just played out slick to me. Mm-hmm. The reverse of that is I don't like that card that you get for the auto win. What is it? The react? Is it the uh, reactor or is it the shard? Yeah. One um, of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and I, I'm saying that as somebody who won at least twice that way. <laughs> but I, that just feels weird to me. I guess it's, I guess it's just kind of like this. Uh, it's kind of an OP. Yeah, well, I guess it's just kind of the way to have this. Okay, we're we're done here, yeah, kind of thing, and you got to build up your mastery to get there. But I, I it's never. It's not hard. It's not that hard. That's what. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to. I think it's thirty mastery. Yep, I think it is, and it's not that hard to get to thirty. At least I haven't had that many issues. I, I think I think I've lost that way twice. I know I've won at least that way twice. So I mean, it it doesn't come into every game, but it just seems it seems wrong to me to just kind of go. I'm at 30. I got this card. You lose, mm-hmm. or everybody loses, because uh, yeah. ba- basically, if you get to 30 on that card, it gives you, it gives you infinite attack power. <laughs> so there's just like you win. So that's that's the only piece that doesn't completely sit well with me. And again, I say that as somebody who got to use it at least twice uh, <laughs> for for a win. So um, mechanically, is there anything else that? Well, out from the interface standpoint, or mechanics of the interface. That's one thing I don't like is the champions. It's the game prompts you through everything. That's cool. And even when, cause the champions are off screen. 
yep. their, uh, their own little expandable window. So the game will prompt you, do you want to do your champions? Yes, no, or whatever. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you want to end your turn? You could, are you sure you want to attack? Yeah. yeah. Um, you still have attack left or you yep. still have gems left. So that, that's good. But if you're trying to, trying to plan or if you want to see if the card you're thinking of buying is going to be a good synergy within your champions, then you got to expand it and then you got to expand your or blow up your champion. It's, it's kind of a real estate intensive game. So I understand why they did that because it saves them from having to have a static place where they can't do anything except put champions and build around that or something with their, with their UI. So I, I get why they did it. It's just, again, it's not bad. It just, it, it's not right. You know, <laughs> it, I can't complain See, about yeah. it except to say that it didn't sit right. See, yeah, I, for me, I mean, it took, it took me a while playing to finally get to the point where I was checking those windows all the time. Mm -hmm. But coming from another digital, and and this on my laptop, coming from another digital game that has is real estate heavy, which was Mystic Veil, Mm -hmm. where everything is hidden. Like there's like (laughs) three or four different things you gotta click in order to see the various things that they're hiding. It was like, okay, I gotta do I gotta do my window if I want to if I have a champion. Again, there was a, that that was part of it maybe for me too. I didn't always have a lot of champions. But there, again, especially depending on if I thought somebody was like racking up attack champions, I was I got used to like hitting their windows. So that didn't bother me. And like you said, the, the when I wasn't thinking about it, especially early on, at least they reminded me Mm-hmm. Hey, you, I mean, you hit never need to do it if you can <laughs> yeah. remember what you've got down there and you yeah. know what's what it's going to benefit. If if it is even uh, something that does like have a one to one correlation with a card you might buy, you know, it prompts you to do everything. It's just it, it, it's I just like to s- see everything that I need. You know, <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I don't know where this fits in, but I, I I think I'll put the I'll talk about this here. It was nice to see that the AI holds grudges <laughs> because and, and here's my story on that. So I was playing playing this one game, and one of the AIs because I was playing multiple AIs, you know, and I was like, one of the AIs had that champion like you can't attack me, na 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 na, until you get rid of this or whatever. And for the longest time, me and the other AI could not we couldn't get the power. To take it out so it was it was but he he kept like pounding on the other ai and every once in a while chip at me or whatever so i've i've on my turn i finally had enough to get rid of that card get rid of that champion but that's about all i could do so then the next ai comes up and i was down to like somewhere between five and eight life left and the the ai after me suddenly just had this power move where it was like 16, 20, I was like, ah, here I go. And you know, you can, you can divide your attack if you want to or anything. So I was like, all right. So this game's over. Hits, puts it all on the other AI for, <laughs> for, for all the attacks you did to me while I couldn't attack you back. Here's everything. I was like, sweet. Okay. So I'm not the only one that holds a crutch. <laughs> Skynet will be petty. <laughs> And there are a couple of games like that. It was just like, there's a couple of times I could have got wiped out and they're like, no, he's, he just hit me. That's, that's how it felt. Right? Yeah. So I was like, cool. <laughs> One of the things I will say, um, and I don't know, I, I guess this is pretty much true for deck builders in general, but seeing it quickly in a digital version, it, it could be very swingy. Yeah. 
ridiculously slinger. Like at one point I was down again to somewhere between single digits. I was definitely in single digits. And all of a sudden I looked after a turn uh, because of the cards I had and I wasn't really paying that much. I was like, holy crap, I'm, I was back at 50. Like I had, maybe two turns, not even two turns. I had the opposite. <laughs> a couple of times I won games where I was at like low single digits, like like five and under. Yeah. But on back-to-back turns, I got 15, 16 power and he got, they got nothing. The AI got nothing in, in two turns as big buys, but none of his big power combos came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with some minor healing, he wasn't able to, he wasn't able to finish me off. But then I turned around right away and just dropped like 30 on him in back to back, you know, over yeah. two back to back turns. Yeah. So, so the, the, the game can be kind of swingy. But again, I, I guess that's really. That's true of any, any, game, any but, deck builder or anything. But it, it seemed really this, obvious here. Right, yeah. It, well, that's just, I think the interface and how quick it, it, it may, happens. You just see that number jump <laughs> yeah. up, you know. <laughs> Definitely. So teachability, I guess we kind of covered with, with the tutorials and stuff. We kind of merged all that stuff in, but we can talk about replayability. So I don't know about you, but, um, for me, I enjoyed this game and like I, there, I, I was, constantly playing this for a while i mean i was just like okay let's go again let's go again i uh i was leery because i'm not a fan of ascension so when you said it was you know their their follow-up to ascension i was Mm -hmm. like what do you are you trying to get me to play this or not (laughs) um but because it's so quick and like ascension i and i know this is oversimplifying but ascension just seems like buying the best card available to you at that time a little bit more but you know that that basically seems to be what it works out to this the the faction idea it you it it, it all appeals to me more mm-hmm. so the 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 basic actual game so i think the physical game would actually appeal to me more than ascension does so that's a plus <laughs> don't run out and buy it but just that Not just so to, you know I, I i for me i wonder how the mastery that seems like that might be fiddly in the physical yeah. version. Well, well, I was going to get to sure. that. Okay. This this is, uh, and it goes quickly, just like roll, uh, just like race did. <laughs> it goes much quickly, and it handles all that fiddly stuff where I quickly lose my mind in race mastery and counting all my mm-hmm. gems as they come out, counting all my uh, power and then multipliers or buffs that come auto out showing it. the shields. Yeah. <laughs> it handles all that fiddly stuff that makes some of those games like the physical version of this and, and raise uh, less, less than enthusiastic <laughs> for me. So no, I, 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 it's, it's really solidly done. Yeah, I agree. And, and you mentioned, and I'm, I'm not a fan of Ascension either. I, I just, I've never, I've never played the physical version. Uh, just because it looked overly fiddly to begin with. There's a ton of people that I always said that the, the digital version was much better. So I did, like it was on sale or a Humble Bundle or something, where I was like, okay, I'll spend a buck or two or whatever it was, get the digital version and see if it at least appeals to me that way. Because I do like deck builders. I'm, I mean, I'm not anti-deck builder, but there's just something about Ascension that didn't seem to want to sit well with me. And I do not like the digital version. I mean, I, I know a lot of people say, yeah, this is the way to play it. And I just, I did not like it. So I was a little hesitant too. But, you know, it's, we, we kind of look at, try to look at things, even if we, we think maybe not. I mean, every once in a while, we kind of 
have a hard no. <laughs> uh, but if it's like, okay, I'll try it. And so it's like, okay, well, it's, it's, it's not Ascension. It's their follow-up to Ascension. Sure. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's check it out. Let's, let's, let's try it and let's try to keep an open mind. And I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, that I did, there's everything that kind of put me off about Ascension did not happen here. And like I said, some of the things that they did, I really like, and I, I think is, is really cool. The, the twists that they put in this game. So yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I did, I mean, there, there are times I just back to back to back to it. I mean, I was it, just like, it's like 10, kept going. 15 minutes. Yeah. It goes quick. So, uh, replayability is high. How many times in a row? If I'm on, if how I'm playing my lunch break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I'm on it, I'm playing it. It's like, how much time do I have at, yeah. that, at that time? Cause I will back to back it until I have to go do something else. Or move on to something else or whatever. So for, it's, it's for very replayable. Commute where they're not driving. Yeah. You know, if you're on a subway or a streetcar or something, you know, and you've got more than a ten minute commute, this is a great game for that. Yeah, it's it's it surprised me, uh, but definitely. All right, so uh, the the theme, the theme uh, for this one again, um, it's kind of like these different factions, which are kind of, I guess, alien races or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Again, where some fluff might have been handy. Right. So the the sci-fi theme of it, so a little bit here, I mean, it's usually kind of a components kind of side of thing when we're doing a physical version, but I'll talk about theme with the artwork, I mm-hmm. guess, right here. And to me, I think that's one of the things that really bothers me about Ascension. I don't like the artwork in this Ascension, and I don't like – where they did the clear visible switch over of various artists where nothing seems to look. Yeah. I, th- I think that's my biggest problem. Not my big, but that's a huge problem I have with Ascension here. I, I didn't have that at all. I, I liked the look and feel of all of the different factions. And I, I think, I mean, I wasn't like staring at certain cards or anything for a long time at time saying, Oh my God, this is awesome. But I think just, from what they're trying to present and and the theme and the different factions, I liked this art style and I liked what came came with it and it didn't put me off at all. Yeah, I'm I'm going to assume that this is just scans. Yeah, I'm assuming so too. And it, it's all very good stylistically. Green is the color that I like the art the least. Mm-hmm. But that's just because of what I was trying to capture. It was my favorite mechanic, but it's the, <laughs> to me the worst art. But that's just, that's, that's not really saying anything because all the art is good, solid mm-hmm. across everything. Yeah. Um, there was, if we were looking at these as physical cards, I would have no complaints. But since there's, since I'm assuming they're just scans of the physical cards, I still have no complaints. <laughs> All right. Now, all right. So let's just go ahead and hit our fun factor slash overall for uh, Shards of Infinity. Kind of, kind of said it, but it's a game that uh, I was surprised by, but I thoroughly enjoy. And I, when I do sit down to play it, I play it back to back many times over until, like I said, either my time's up for tablet time or I have to go do something else, you know, kind of thing. But it is a game that if I start it, I'm going to play it for a while. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked some of the mechanisms that they put in place for the deck builder genre and how they handled that. I thought some of those were really slick. I really enjoyed them. Some some of it I'd love to see in some other games. So overall, I I highly recommend this. Like I said, I, I haven't seen the physical version. I haven't seen how they handle certain things in that one. But it's a solid game as a game 
But if you're looking for the digital version or if you like to play digital version, this is a definite recommend for me. Grab it and play it. Yeah, I agree. As as an interface to the physical game, as an interface adaptation of the physical game, I think it does a really good job because it handles all that finicky stuff. As a game itself, you know, I'm not talking not just the app, but the experience of playing the game. It's a much better game than I was expecting. So again, pleasantly surprised. And I've got, I've got no problem playing those uh, when I can. You know, this is, if I got 15 minutes, I'll play a game or two, depending how well or poorly I do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, does it have pass and play? I can't remember if it has pass and play. It does I, have online mode. It has online, but I, I, I don't think it does. Yeah. I don't, but I don't know that I looked that hard for it. I, I was just looking at the, yeah, online. I think it's just the, I can't remember. I don't think you tap through to another human when you're selecting your. I, AI. Do, I didn't think so. So no, I don't. I don't think you do either. But it does have online. I did not try. So when we first got it, it was still in beta. Mm-hmm. And now now it's live, um, from what I understand. But there were a few times where even when I went to look at like the the online mode was offline. Yep. kind of thing. So um, I, I never got to play an online game, so I can't really speak to that experience. But again, just as a, a game for me to play against the AI. Um, oh, and and there is, it's, it's easy, medium, and hard AI. So yep. you can switch up your AI uh, as well. And you can mix and match, I believe. Yep, yep, yep you can. All right, so there we go. Uh, Shards of Infinity, The uh, again, the app version. We looked at the Android version. It is available by think steam and ios if i remember right because i think originally they wanted to send us steam keys if i mm-hmm. remember right so it is available out there uh, again temple gates games thank you very much for reaching out to us again with another digital review and again stone blade entertainment is the publisher behind shards of infinity so go check it out all right what we're watching <laughs> so um i uh as you know, my day was awesome. <laughs> so I was scrambling to try to remember, you know, I was putting together my notes before you got here and, and before I think tried to get it done before Megan got home so we could have dinner. And I always struggle with what the hell have I been watching? You know, kind of thing. Like, so I went, signed on to the web version of, because I, I knew I've been watching a lot of Netflix lately mm. at, at night anyway. I've been watching series, but I couldn't remember what I finished and yada, you know, that kind of stuff. So I went on to grab my, watch history off the browser. And so I did that. I was like, Maggie gets home and we're doing dinner and everything. All of a sudden she looks, she pulls up her, she goes, huh, what's this authorized login to Netflix? Because it's under her, and our Netflix account is under her name. So I was like, oh yeah, that was me trying to do show notes. <laughs> She's like, well, somebody's logged on to my Netflix. Like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So real quick, uh, I finished Easy. On Netflix, I think it's the third season. I I don't know if you've it's it's like um it's kind of an interweaving anthology show. It's mostly it's kind of mostly around like you know the various people's relationships and stuff like that, and 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 uh, it's got a lot of decent people in it. I've enjoyed this. Like I said, I think this is the third season, but it is, it had been a while since the last season, so I forgot some of the people who were in it. It's like because again, it's like uh, individual like we're talking about this couple blah 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 you know it might be a few episodes of them and then it might switch to a different couple or a different you know person and then 
there'll be an episode here or there where like the interweaving is like, okay, it's, we're focusing on this couple, but the other couple's in the background because they're at the same party kind of thing or whatever. So, and it's got like Mark Marin in it. And I forgot about that because he showed up till the, like the second or that, the last half or, or whatever of the season. I was like, oh yeah, shit. I forgot Mark Marin was in this damn show. So I finished that up. I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's pretty chill. It was like a before bed kind of watch. It went pretty pretty fast. I started to watch and stopped. <laughs> Flinch. You seen that stupid thing? No. It, it was I, I didn't I didn't even get through I think a full episode. I was like, all right, this is just too stupid. And it's just some weird game show that somebody put on, and it's on Netflix. And I can't remember where it's where it's at. It's overseas somewhere. But basically, just trying to make people flinch. And they do all these stupid little things to them if they flinch. Cooper. And then and then there's a. Some, oh, basically. Uh, and then there's like three judges that every round they pick a person to represent them. And if that person flinches too much, they get points. And then whoever has the most points from the judges gets through a, a, a flinch marathon at the end or what? It's just, I was like, okay, this is just even, this is too stupid for even me. Is that Japanese? <laughs> no, it is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, this is dumb. So dumb. Why did I start this episode? <laughs> so that, yeah, I didn't even get through a full episode of that. Bonding, I think I talked about when you're- You mentioned that. When, yeah, when you guys were over last, which <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was, it was, it was short. It was like 15-minute episodes or something. Again, it's something I, I watched at night, but again, it's like uh, this chick that's a, a dominatrix. She needs an assistant, so she calls like an old friend of hers from high school or whatever, and just kind of- in brings him in and like he's the uh the gay character but kind of the more uh what the hell are you dragging me into like i can't even pee with somebody in the next stall and now <laughs> i'm your cleanup boy kind of thing so it was it was a, it got dark right at the end but it was a pretty cool little little show uh, again 15 minute episodes fly through it <laughs> and what i'm watching right now is dead to me i know sarah started sarah watched it yeah, yeah. And you you did that that is a good show that uh, solid Christina Applegate and um, I forgot what the lady is that kind of becomes her friend in that but that especially by the end of the first I mean that's what surprised me is like I was in by the end of the first episode and usually something that's especially in its first season all right I'll give it three episodes kind mm-hmm. of thing this would by the end of the first episode I was like okay I'm in let's keep going with this so it's a pretty solid show and Christina Applegate is doing a good job in it again she's kind of mourning the, the loss of her husband her husband got hit by a car uh, and died. Now she's got her two kids. And- now, if it had been a bus, I would have been all over it because that's <laughs> that's my favorite movie death. Somebody gets hit by a bus. I hope that's how I go out. <laughs> all right. Duly noted. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm watching that. And then uh, just a uh, movie. We watched Bumblebee recently. Enjoyed it. Kind of irritated me right at the, uh, at the start, though. I looked at Megan. I'm like, why are they already vehicles on Cybertron? Why do they already have like tires and like actual jets and all? I mean, it's like that was never, I mean, they were vehicles, but mm-hmm. they were, you know, they were sci fi vehicles. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like when Bubblebee is like, why did Bubblebee even need to scan a vehicle? He's already a freaking vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but once that was done, I was all right with the movie. That's where your suspension of disbelief fell apart. That, that was it. That, yeah. that was the point. How is that not the point? <laughs> it, it like goes against everything. Like they come, 
they're they're in disguise. They scan the vehicles. Mm-hmm. That and uh, you know Decepticons being cars most of the most of the movie too. Other than those two things, <laughs> do you not remember the Constructicon? Oh, I do. Ball sack fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's that's what I got. Game of Thrones has blissfully come to an end. <laughs> and all was right with the world. It and is. everybody was happy. So if you've canceled your... <laughs> We're about halfway through the first season of Psycho Pass, for me, for mm. a second time. Blacklist, this season just ended, and... Um, God, we're behind on that. They keep it going. This was season six, mm-hmm. and they managed to change up the hooks <laughs> every season without keeping the same formula but changing the hooks every season such that it doesn't really feel repetitive. Every now and then, you know, you're going to have the Ocean's Eleven moment. But (laughs) but, It's a staple. Yeah. (laughs) But the the hook, the overall hook for every season, and I mean, let's face it, James Spader just gives you perfection. You know? The only thing that bothers me in that show is her. And and it's it's, uh, the flip-flop. Like, even in a single episode, I yeah. hate you, but we're going to hang out. That's you right. Know, let's go get ice cream kind of thing. I hate you, but you're my dad. No, it doesn't need to be that way, it, lady. It's, yeah, it's, so the, that's the only thing that kind of bothers me in the show. But, I mean, other than that, that's such a minor thing for such a good show. But, yeah, I don't know. We're so far behind, but I'm recording all of it. So we should be able to go back. Which, stupidest thing in the world. So And this happens only for Blacklist, right? So I got, I got that Play On app, mm-hmm. which records the, the stuff that – you know, we we want to watch later, so so that we're not tied to the five episode thing or whatever, and things falling off. At the last, I want to say three seasons. At the end of the season, I suddenly go into our folder, and there's just a, this shit ton of of recordings, and it's taken like the whatever the late night show is, mm-hmm. and recording it as the blacklist because you know how the blacklist is always like the blacklist and then somebody's name. Yeah, it's the blacklist and every guest on the damn show that. <laughs> night and so so at the end of every season now i gotta go out there and clean out this the blacklist with jimmy fallon and it, you know whatever it is but it's like, it pisses me off because it's like because it, it just it, it's the entire it's like the entire season of blacklist and then the entire season of whatever the damn talk show is that's funny that's, that is funny yay tech uh, we went to see Brightburn, and I really liked it. We have not seen it yet. Um, I want to. Sarah spent a good chunk of the movie going, eh. <laughs> That sounds like probably what Megan Looking through her fingers for those that aren't in the room with us right now. Because uh, there was some, there were some gory deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and I were talking about this last weekend before either one of us had seen it. And he's like, because we were talking about things that gross us out, like, unreasonably. <laughs> and he was like, Nah, that scene in the trailer where she's pulling the shard of glass out of her eyes, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) So after I saw it, I pinged him. I said, just so you know, that's not the grossest part of the movie. (laughs) What's what's your unreasonable? It's it's actually in the thing. That's Mm. the only movie that has made me successfully stop eating. (laughs) And I was watching, and this was when I was a teenager. I was 16, 17, whatever. Maybe even a little younger. No, younger than that. Maybe 12 or 13. And it's the scene where they're doing the blood samples. So people have already exploded. There's tentacles <laughs> coming out of people. Doc's already had his arms bitten off. You know, there's been plenty of gore. But just that simple scene where they zoom in on McCready's thumb 
And he just cuts it open with the scalpel and the line of blood comes out. I'm like, ooh, this is a really good movie. This is a really good movie. And I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> Very simple scene. I mean, nice. I'm fine with gore. Eli Roth does nothing to me. But that's the very simple stuff is what gets me. Mine is, um, I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a horror fan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've watched, well, that, yes. those shelves behind you. Uh <laughs> And I'm good with just about everything, but the one thing that seems to always get me is the uh, like the bending back or breaking off of a mm-hmm. nail, like yep. somebody's getting dragged across the floor, and the nail because that that gets me every time. It's like like no no just just cut her up into like fifty pieces in front of me and eat her. I'll be fine. But, but leave the fingernails. Leave the nails okay, alone. Just don't do that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not like it's not like I've had like major trauma with my own nails or anything like that. You know, it's just like something about that. Though. So just do, gets do you me. have to see it or is just the implied knowledge? Like if you walk into the crime scene and there's the two fingernails. No, I'm, good with, I'm good with that. I have to see it. I have to see, I have to okay. see the, the scrape and the break. Okay. And then I'm like, ah, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> And uh, season two of Rain is on Netflix. Yes. I don't I know if you've watched one. I, wa- I watched season okay. one. Uh, we've only watched one ep of season two, and it's off to a shaky start for me. It mm. took it in <laughs> – it's taken it in a totally left-turn direction that I thought it was going to go, that I thought it could go. <laughs> um, and I'm like, eh, I, you may have just – just shit on the whole season for me. I I don't know that I have nine more apps or whatever it is. If, if it's going to be more of this. <laughs> yeah, I haven't started it yet. Picks up pretty close to where it left off. You know, at the end of last season, they're making their break after rebelling against dad again. And it pretty much picks up right there. Um, so there's no, there's no time off, uh, mm. story wise. And yeah, it just keeps going right away into some action, which is interesting because it's it seems like the main uh, screen cap that they have that kid looks like <laughs> he's aged quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jens and Rasmus both are like, no, this isn't the next day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's a hard thing to pull off. Is like, no, we're not budging. <laughs> nope, we're not doing the time thing. It's- nope. It's 10 minutes because I think it like season one ends with a car chase when they're trying to get out of the compound Mm -hmm. and it just starts off with the car chase, you know, so it's, it's not even 10 minutes. It's like this was five seconds ago and like now you have a full growth of beard. (laughs) Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I've been watching. What we're reading slash listening to. I don't have much. So I got two things. That's what I put on here. It's a stretch. I'll go first because you can do played first because it's mine is just going to be whatever you say. Um, you might have remembered more than I did. <laughs> uh, I maybe, but since I haven't played any games since our game night, only what we played is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm listening to T Matt's Wrath, the next book in the Expanse series. James S. A. Corey. I was not really keen on the last book, and this book is just continuing that. At this point, I just want to see how it ends. I'm not, not feeling it right now. So I, uh, I'm not excited that Prime picked it up. Picked it up. So, cause it's like, well, this is where they're going. It's going to take a long time to get to a place that I don't care about. So (laughs) I might as well just stop now from Prime anyway. And then Not Alone by Craig Falconer. It's interesting. It's the blurb is like, uh, Dan, a, Run-of-the-mill coffee shop barista finds the conspiracy theorist's dream cache of information. 
But little does he know that the day after he publishes it, the world is going <laughs> to blah, 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 that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, it's like conspiracy theory thing, but it's from the character POV. We think it's all real. So it's been, I think I'm about halfway through it, and it's a revelation that the government is trying to quash. And what am I? It's, it's counting down. I think it started from day 65 and I'm at like day 30 something. And we're getting to the point where they've kind of dealt with what I assume is going to be the main antagonist. Uh, he's dealt with, but there's still half a book to go. <laughs> so I'm interesting to see where it goes. Cause I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's an alien. It's an alien revelation. So it's like, Halfway through the book, you know, I'm like, well, what's the hook going to be? Is is one of these people in his life an alien? So I've been trying to figure out, based on behavior, who might be the alien. Or is, because they've gone out of their way, and I think this is bullshit, but you see it a lot in a science fiction. Any race intelligent enough to get to intergalactic space travel must be peaceful. <laughs> no. No, because our race got to the point of going across an ocean when nobody thought they could do that, and we're still fucking each other up. So I don't, I don't think that holds water. So, but that's their that's for their story. That's their crux right now. If there are aliens, they got to be nice because they made the attempt and they didn't just wipe us out. Okay, we'll go with that for the purposes of this story. I think Predator is a lot more realistic, but we'll go with this. So I'm, I'm really engaged because all the characters are pretty good. The chapters go by quickly. They're very succinct. There's, there's good characters and good dialogue for the characters. And I'm only halfway through and I, I want to see where it goes. So yeah, uh, not alone. Craig Falconer. Check it out. All right. So, uh, mine are a stretch. So one the, panel from one page of sex crimes. No, in the listening category, uh, my project has been digitizing our entire music collection. Yeah. So uh, my first pass through that is done, but we both, Megan and I, have discovered. Okay. But now you have to make playlists. Yeah, I do have to make playlists. <laughs> um, but we've discovered, you know, things that we forgot we owned because, you know, going CD by CD instead of having it all available. Because I also set up a Plex mm -hmm. on, on the TV and stuff so we can play it all off of there. So, uh, I put Things all you didn't realize you had three copies of. No, that not so much that what I've more or less realized is one, I, I refound some stuff that reminded me that some bastard ripped off like, like two CD, you know, a two set CD, like half of a thing. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember when I was younger and that some fucker stole that from me, but I still have the one half. <laughs> <laughs> that I still own. I've got track seven through fourteen. That and I've discovered that uh, Megan and I, for the life of us, can't think of. It. There's got to be a box somewhere because I am missing a lot of significant music to me, like like not stuff that I'd be like, oh, I own that kind of thing. But because I still had my what what I had I had put in my iTunes library way back when I was using an iPod, since I still had that. And and I didn't really buy music from iTunes. I just used it to rip the MP3s. Mm -hmm. All of the things that I have that I know I have discs of and ripped songs off of, I have that. But in the scanning in, those CDs never came up. You still got your storage thing up there, Notch? We we do, and we're wondering if it's not there. But it's it's weird if it would be too, because these are like again, this is significant stuff that I instantly recognizes why don't I have this? Cause I play it so much, mm -hmm. 
but again, that could come down to I play it so much on my iPod for who knows how long and, and whatnot. But so yeah, we one of the things we thought we would check the storage to see if we missed a box when we were out there because, like I said, we had um, we had everything all together, uh, and we stored it. And then I've just gone through because it, it's in the office. We bought well, like one of those apothecary dressers, and it's that's all it is is CDs. So that there was a significant thing to go through. Uh, and then the other night we went and I helped Megan get her iTunes stuff over on the Plex. So it's all over there. I mean, all said and done right now. And we're, we're not done because I wasn't sure how much space I had because it's kind of twofold. I'm put, I I have a MP3 player that's not an iPod, but it, it uses a micro card. And Are you still rocking the Zune? No, this is a Fio or whatever. Uh, but it, it takes micro SD cards. And it it can go up to two terabyte. They don't make micro SD cards at two terabytes yet, but it's It'll gone to. Two, but I got I did get a five hundred five twelve, and so the our entire music collection is on Plex, and will be coming with us on our road trip. Because <laughs> usually, and that's kind of what's kind of sparked this a little bit. Because usually, when we take our annual trip, Megan goes through and deletes and re examines what she wants to bring with because she only has so much room on her iPod Mm -hmm. that she still uses. So she's always like, I got to take all this stuff off and I got to figure out what else to put on. Or she has like a six CD changer in her car. So she's like, we usually have six CDs and an iPod. So I was like, we're not going to have to make that choice anymore. You're not going to have to delete stuff. I'll I'll bring this one. So that's kind of what started the whole damn thing. But yeah, so we're like 13,000 songs later. And of course the other night was the first thing like, what are you, what are you doing, Megan? Eh, buying some music. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have it all sorted out. That's, uh, that's uh, so that's my first one. And then the other one is just really, um, you know, I'm collaborating with Sheppy. Hey, Sheppy, uh, on a game design. And uh, so I've, I've been looking at some games and stuff that he uh, recommended, which is kind of funny because, like, I, I'm looking through the rule book on this one that I, I got the other day because I, I wanted it anyway. Um, I have the, it's the dice version of a game I already own. So I was like, all right, I'll get it. Cause he was, he was mentioning it. And I think we've already thrown that idea way out the window now, <laughs> but, but you know, I, like I told you the other day, it was kind of funny cause Sheppy like hit on like four or five games that I don't own. And he was like, do you have access to games? <laughs> I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> it's just like, it's like, Jeff, are you, are you new to gaming? <laughs> Let me see if I can get that at the library. <laughs> so it's just it I it just cracked me up. I was like, who are you talking to? Yes, I have games. Just apparently not the ones that, you know, the elitist Sheppy considers games. <laughs> uh so that was interesting. So yeah, I've just been looking at games and then designing this game with Sheppy, so a lot of back and forth with us about the different mechanics and stuff we want in it. And that's really all I've had time for. I haven't had time to really read anything because we're we're pushing forward pretty fast on this game or we're trying to. So it's been kind of a focal point. All right. So what we're playing. Clearly we both played the one deck dungeon app. <laughs> no? no? Just me? All just right. you. Yeah. Um, so I picked up I think it was, I don't know, it must have been a sale or something like that. I don't know. I, I get the emails for it from the company on all the digital stuff they put out. And I think it, it had to have been on sale. So I kept getting an email about this one and probably like it's not going to be on sale very long. And then I know some people that played it that liked it finally. So that's kind of what pushed me over this. Like, okay, well, I'll check it out for the app. And I tutorial wise, not 
is it the same thing? Like it tries, but there's just something missing. It, it took me playing the game and failing at the game a few times to kind of check it out. But I will say it is a solid game and one that hopefully we'll be reviewing in the future, the physical version. We probably won't do the app, but we'll definitely be taking a look at the phys- physical version because I think there's a couple things that are done a little bit different. Unless somebody would like to reach out to us <laughs> to have us review the app. Yeah. You only, only need one key this time because I already have it. Uh, the expansion is going to be coming oh, out for it. So, no, the expansion sell. is good up. up yeah. <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of that recently because it has a progression system. So as you take the various characters, like you take up to two, uh, it's a it's a two player game basically, one or okay. two player game. So you can take up on the app, you can take up to two characters with you, and depending on how you do pass or fail in the in the dungeon, depending on how far you go, you get so many points that you get to spend on your character for different things. The upgrade chart is the same for every character, but there's some things that can kind of tweak out. So it's going to kind of, so I, I keep taking a bunch of people through the same dungeon, let, let them get some points so I can go to, and there's three different levels of difficulty in dungeons and different, different end bosses that you fight and stuff like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we have started pandemic legacy. We have. <laughs> Season one. Sorry, world. (laughs) (laughs) But you're all screwed. Especially with February. Oh, Uh, man. No, don't even try to fix it. (laughs) Yeah, so we we have started that. We are, um, this will be, I think, the first legacy game that we're playing as a true legacy. It's like stickers are coming out. Stickers are going on the board. If something tells us to rip something up, it's going. We're going to have to video that. I think yeah. the first card that I especially have to rip because told JT that's my thing I'm not through thrilled about. But yeah, so we we, we got through February, right? January, February, and uh, the world's we're not, not done. February, though. we're not done with February. I thought no, we, we, we it took us two turns to beat January, and then we failed in February. Oh, because so we, we thought we were going to win, but then we got oh the yeah, worst the, outbreak, the auto win right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't the, even the, need the, to do anything. Bam. Yeah, I guess I should have done something. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> That one, that one, that one. Uh, Jordan got super cocky. I did <laughs> right, right I at the did. wrong time. It's like I don't have to do anything, and we lose. <laughs> well, that's the damn. closest Sarah's ever come to hitting me in public. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though. Uh, so yeah, so far uh, we are enjoying that one. So maybe we'll talk about that one some more as we kind of go on, or. Maybe review it at a different time or something. I don't know. But right now it's kind of a – we're uh, switching off between that and Gloomhaven on our, our game time. So And then we played The Thing, Infection at Outpost 31. That went over better than I thought it was going to, to be honest. No, I'm serious. I, I wasn't sure where Megan was going to fall on that one. But I think everybody actually enjoyed that one and had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was surprising to me. I mean – you know, it's not like, I mean, she does like some co- co-ops, obviously, and stuff like that. But that one was kind of, you know, competitive in a yeah. way or whatever. And it's, and I don't think There's she's. There's a bit of deduction there. Yeah, and she hasn't it. really done like the BSG style games mm-hmm. much. So it would be, I was interested to see in that aspect. But I think it went over pretty well. That's all I wrote down because I don't. Same here. All right. I didn't know if. I mean, we played sushi dice, of course, but well, I think that's just a <laughs> but that's yeah. just a, I, a a pin at the yeah, top of our. I think if you don't assume that uh, we played sushi dice, there's only been one time in the history of us getting together that we haven't played sushi dice, and it at least hit the table <laughs> until the first bell rang. Oh, so sushi dice is not a game to play with a migraine. <laughs> 
He's like, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Done. Ready to go? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. That was just, nah, that was a bad night. <laughs> All right. So there we go. There's another episode of All Us Geeks in the Books. So I'm Jeff King. And I am the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Who, What, Why, a game design podcast. A podcast that talks about the ins and outs of game design with game designers. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com. Where we unleash the bomb Jeff and Jordan From coast to coast Best of the best The number one host So put up your cups and toast Cause here the end We approach But come back for more raps More fun More laughs More this More that Up and down the mat Cause we geeked up And thanks for showing love We give up viewers thanks When